Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, so I want to ask you guys, in your world, in your profession, there was a point where you said, I'm going to do this. I know when I was in sixth grade, I said, I'm going to be a news reporter. Little did I know that it was going to be freezing my tuchas off in Columbus, Ohio, in ice storms or covering crack house busts in the middle of the night in Cleveland. Lovely. Thank you very much. But I knew what I wanted to do. Imagine waking up and saying, I think I want to start a bank. Okay, like now, taking on giants from Chase to Bank of America to you name it. They've been around for decades and decades and decades. It's, listen, not for the faint of heart to do something like that. But my guest today recognized an area of banking that he felt was really missing for a whole group of people. And he said, I got to fix this and I'm going to do it myself. And boy, did he risk a lot to do it. But the risk was worth it because today, Digital Bank, it's called Current, now has more than 4 million users. CEO Stuart Sopp is here to tell us how he launched it. And by the way, we are going to pin him down on every obstacle he had to overcome along the way to start. Yes, thank you very much. A bank, Stuart. Welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz. Thank you, Liz. Thank you so much. And I'm, I'm very happy to be here and talk with you today. You're Thank crazy. You. You're crazy. Let me start a bank in this day and age. What the hell? Yes. <laughs> You're not wrong. It was, uh, it's crazy. I've had a, a bunch of challenges in life in general from, from the very early age. You know, I was, I'm English, as you can probably hear. I live here in New York, married to an American woman. That's not my first challenge, by the way. That's all, all tailwind for me. Amazing, <laughs> amazing family. <laughs> amazing family. But uh, I came from, you know, pretty mediocre backgrounds, I guess. Um, I was, you know, my father was a sergeant in the military, in the UK military, the Air Force in the old Cold War. And mm-hmm. so grew up on military bases, um, traveled around the world, had a great education uh, from that, which was good. Um, and then, you know, didn't have a ton of money. Um, and, and so, you know, the first thing on your mind when you go through college is how the hell am I going to pay all this money back? Right. So how, how am I going to, how am I going to do that? And so I was sponsored by the military, um, th- through college and, and so quickly realized I needed to, to make money fast. And so, um, got into banking. So I was a banker for 16, 17 years and more specifically a trader. And so I was trading foreign exchange and short term interest rates, things like that. And I got to travel the world. It's all very glamorous and exciting. Um, obviously, 2008 was a little hiccup in that, um, as we saw uh, the global economy take take a take a turn for the worst. And so, you know, having traveled and uh, and lived in a bunch of different countries, um, ha- having this great job that that I sort of worked up and aspired to, uh, I realized that there was a wealth inequality building up uh, through the monetary policy of, you know, the the Western world. And so saw this opportunity from from quite far away. So I was tangential to the opportunity of, of banking people who, who needed the most help. But also I'd come from that uh, uh, background from mm. when I was growing up into, into my early 20s. 
Well, yeah, because a lot of bankers and a lot of traders, uh, I mean, we've all seen Wall Street, we've seen Boiler Room, we've seen all of that stuff. And and we know that once you get a taste of it, you never want to go back. So that's what I find particularly interesting is that you, having grown up with, you know, you said mediocre. Let me just say modest, because there is nothing <laughs> mediocre about the military and serving. So we, we're real fans of that here. Um, but I would say that, you know, having had that side of it. Um, Simple Minds has that. So I think it's Simple Minds where they say uh, makes you wonder how the other half dies versus the other half lives. This wealth gap has bothered me for a long time. What specifically was it that you noticed where you said, I'm going to give up the good life and I'm going to risk everything and try and fill this void? Yeah, it's a, yeah. Thank you uh, for 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 setting that up. It's you, you're right. It is me uh, modest, not mediocre as well. It's okay. The, uh, my my parents will will be troubled from that. The um <laughs> yeah. So so work. You know, working in that side of you know, I, maybe I didn't fit in a hundred percent and all the rest of it. Mm. Um, but what I was seeing is I was part of this mechanism. I was like, okay, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm making lots of people lots of money, including myself and all that stuff. Now, what could I do to be on the other side of the fence? What could I do? taking my managerial skills, my knowledge of, of how the financial uh, markets work, the plumbing and all, and all that stuff, how much, what money really is. How could I take that onto the other side and help everyday, ordinary, um, normal Americans um, try and get the right decisions? And so really, I, it was like three or four things I was trying to do. One is, how could you get a savings rate that beats inflation, right? So if, you don't beat, if, you're, if your savings does, doesn't beat inflation, effectively, you're losing money. How can I get my money or people's money as soon as possible uh, to them. It's their money. Banks sit on money. Now, a lot of the time it's not intentional, but a lot of the time it is with fees and overdraft fees and all the rest of it. They're sort of creating friction um, so that you don't get uh, your money. So there's there's two sort of main buckets. And then thirdly, you know, access to credit and opportunity. A lot of the times people don't have, even if they have a little bit of money uh, to go and, and spare, they don't have the opportunity or even uh, people helping them get into the you know the ground floor of something that could potentially go up or access to credit so they can take advantage of those opportunities. And so mm. those sort of three, maybe four main buckets, I was like, I need to go and create this online only digital bank that would give people and help people that, um, have the opportunity to kink the curve so that they can get out of, of, of being okay. basically a product of this financial system. Well, it started, as I understand it, as a teen banking product. And then as you focused on younger clients, how did it then spread and grow? Yeah, that's right. So we built our own banking core, so which is very unusual. So this is sort of high-end tech, heavy, heavy infrastructure tech. And so when you, you know, when when you build something that heavy and that big, this massive asset, um, it, there's a couple of things. One is you don't have a lot of functionality at the beginning, and and so you really need to focus on people who who are not massively demanding with mortgages and things like that. So we're <laughs> yeah, almost teenagers. We're almost, <laughs> they just want to buy the next video game, right? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. And so, yeah, so we were looking for a demographic, a core group of users who would be with us for a long time and that we could solve problems for. Um, and, and, and so that's really why we focused on these, these two main areas, teenagers, because um, they're younger, they have less demands on what they need. And obviously, there's a lot of front end, there's client facing stuff with their parents. And then finally, we launched our, our full checking account product for people who are living paycheck to paycheck, which is, which is unfortunately an ever growing reality of America is increasing demographic of America. I know that I kind of jumped ahead and said you started it as a teen banking offering, but can we back up to 
How did you start the bank? What kind of financing did you get? Did you max out your credit cards? Where do you go from, hmm, let me start this to, I got to order checks or I've got to figure this out and I've got to be able to get advertising and, and make a website? Yeah, I, I knew nothing. So I knew I knew enough to be dangerous. So I was, you know, I think if I'd known everything that I know now, I probably wouldn't have started. I think I think that's really that, that's a reality. It's just so complicated. And I, you know, young and I'm youngish. I was thirty-seven when I started. Youngish and ambitious, and um, with a family and all the rest and all those pressures. Um, I was lucky. I came out. I had made some money. So some of it was self-funded at the beginning. And I met a guy called Garrett Camp, who's the co-founder of Uber, in 2015 through a friend. And obviously, Uber wasn't the company. It is today. It was still a relatively young startup, right? 2014, 2015. And so he, you know, I was talking to Garrett um, and his team about, you know, the future of banking and how digital assets, programmable money, Bitcoin was just on the scene. Ethereum had just launched the year before. And of course, these are household names now, but they weren't. It was very young, very early then. And I was a, an investor and sort of trying to work out how things were being re-networked in, in this country and potentially in the world. And so he was like, hey, this sounds you know, like a really interesting idea. Um, and, and so we talked a little bit more and he gave us, a, you know, gave me the first check to, to get the company going. Um, from there on out, it was me learning what VC was about, VC world, you know, um, trying to write pitch decks and, and trying to hire people. I'd never hired marketers or product managers and engineers. You know, none of these things I had any uh, expertise or backing in. And so, you know, I learned along the way, there's a lot of people who are very helpful. San Francisco is renowned for this sort of this open architecture of help. And, and so there, there was a lot of that in San Fran as well as here in New York, which really helped me get along and sort of retooled me and retrained me and a lot of patient investors, I'll be honest. <laughs> when you think of bankers, I'm thinking of Jay Pierpont Morgan or whatever, the, you know, these fancy people from the Gilded Age, etc., who really started the whole banking world, and then you fast forward to what it takes today? Don't you don't you face all kinds of regulation, and you got to get a bank charter? How how did you even begin to wrap your arms around that? Yeah, that, that's a really good point. So, you know, a, a, a lot of what makes America great is its adherence to to rule and law, right? So, uh, regulation, protection, and consumer protections, more importantly. Um, and so when it comes to banking, there is, you know, with the state and federal system, there's almost maybe too much in some way compared to maybe Europe and the UK, that, which are more streamlined. But it's a feature, not a bug here. And so you have to deal with like several layers of, of regulatory and compliance um, uh, authority. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. um, you know, when you're an early startup with, you know, a couple of million dollars in the bank or whatever it is, and you're trying to trying to make it work as quickly as possible, there's no way you could afford or even get a banking license at that stage. No one would, you know, in their right mind would grant it to you. And so in those days, um, I had to go around to commercial banks, uh, regional banks, basically, who weren't big enough to be on the sort of top 10 banking lists. But, you you know, people bank with them or their commercial and, and businesses would bank with them. And they were looking to expand their footprint nationally or get involved in, in fintech or tech at the time um, because it was interesting to them. And so... Um, you know, these are issuing banks that we cut deals with. And so we would then work with them. The, the assets, the money, the deposits that people have, FDIC insured deposits would sit at their banks. Right. And then we would then partner with them and have a tech front end. How many meetings did you have before somebody said yes? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so Series A, which was, you know, the first there was a, there was a middle 
if a, an addendum funding post the seed, but which you know, was a little bit of an extension. But the Series A took, I think, eighty-eight no's. Oh, um, it was yeah, <laughs> it was brutal. <laughs> it was brutal. Um, luckily, I just I really don't take no for an answer when I believe in something, and so you really do have to will those kind of things into existence. It's not. It wasn't. Um, because I'm stubborn is because I know it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to help the majority of Americans. And if you really believe in that and, and you're a missionary and not a mercenary, you're not here to make the money, you're here to actually change the course of history, then, then you know, eventually people do turn around and go, okay, this guy won't leave me alone. He's actually onto something. Let's, <laughs> let's maybe give him a shot. <laughs> when you started and you launched, was it glitchy? Or did you think to yourself, what have I done? This is not going to work. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> several times <laughs> so i still do <laughs> the uh the uh the I, you know we're lucky because we started with teens and so um you know we they, they're much more forgiving than a <laughs> you know, a parent who who has you know all all the options and in and, and choice in the world and has a lifetime of customer exp- of service in america where they're sort of demanding instant this and that and so teens you know there was an opportunity for us to have a bit of wiggle room and learn and grow and build our team as well as we were building and growing alongside our first cohort. So that, that was helpful, I think. We're not done yet. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services Marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. We'll be back in a moment. When did you think to yourself, wait a minute, we've got something here? Was it response from one of your customers? Was it... Uh, some moment where you realized we've got a little bit of scale here. Yeah, I, th- I think there was two po- two points. There was one was um, the Series A. So QED led, led, led our Series A. Just the co-founder of Capital One, Andrew Morris. Okay, and so he'd seen a few things and built Capital One from the eighties. And so he saw what we were doing, a very similar kind of thing that he had done in the 80s. So that was like one moment, Frank Rotman, Nigel Morris. I was like, oh my gosh, these guys are like legendary, and they they believe. You know, it's like the the fintech equivalent of Shark Tank and getting getting those guys to, to invest in, right? Um, and then another time I presented at Goldman Sachs and 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 they didn't invest, I should add, but the um, <laughs> but everyone around that, <laughs> every partner around that table was like, downloaded it and used it for their kids. 
So that was that then. Um, so we wow. knew in the early days that we had sort of validation from real usage um, as well as, as real investment. Most, most notably later on, launching our full checking account, um, earn wage access product. As soon as we'd launched our overdraft for the year as well as uh, access to, to payroll early, our numbers just exploded. We, we, within two or three months, 90% uh, of our growth was, uh, was our full checking account. Um, which is which is insane because we'd already had this other product for two years, and so that was maybe the third confirmation. I was like, okay, we really we can really do this. We can really solve banking problems in America. But how are you doing it? You know, you talked about making sure that people get at least the rate of inflation as far as interest rates are concerned. I look at what I'm getting at City. I mean, it's it's pennies <laughs> when you look at what kind of interest you get on a basic checking account. Uh, talk to me about how you figure that out and make it happen. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's um, it's it's getting harder. If you know, with CPI at seven point nine, you know, inflation at seven point nine percent, if not higher, with all those things that are going on in the world right now, we're all being buffeted. Um, up until January, it was a lot lower, and we were, we are offering four percent um, uh, FDIC uh, uh, pass through insurance uh, uh, savings uh, savings accounts. So mm -hmm. we've done that by partnering with um, some DeFi. Uh, companies, which is decentralized financial companies that um, effectively put the money in various um, entities in Web3 that um, accrue a higher interest with a higher risk, okay. of which current bears. We bear that risk. And so we're able to take that risk and then um, give the end user, our customers, a, a risk-free higher rate of return. So this is very exciting. It's one of the, we're the first company to, to, to employ this, this um uh, this mechanism. And so people are able to, you know, instead of not being able to keep, you know, running and keeping still, they can start to make some progress against some heavy inflationary headwinds that we're seeing right now. Now you've got 4 million and counting. Is that number correct? That is very exciting numbers. <laughs> I love it. Oh. Um, so yes, we just, we've done very well. So COVID was terrible for, for, for everyone, obviously. Um, uh, in, in many, in more than in more more than one way, um, but in in terms of business for us, because of the lack of access to real world branches and 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 places, mm -hmm. online banking really did very well, and so we were part of that. And of course, into when the stimulus was first given in March 2020, we raced ahead with you know working with um, Treasury and the, the governments and uh, the, the government at the time to make sure that we got those checks because they were like physical checks as well as. Um, uh, payroll through um, through the IRS system right. um, to make sure that we got people's money in their hands as quickly as possible as lights and electricity were turning off and oh. all these other problems. It was a very scary time. And so we're very proud of the of the of, of, of what we did as a, as a company, as a team. And I think that trust really built through 2020 into 2021. It really gave us a name for, for a company that was aligned with the customers and not looking out for themselves. So you got the Gen Z, the Gen Y, the Gen X. Do you have any old fogies? <laughs> any any old fogey customers? <laughs> we do. We do have some. I would. I'll, I'll be honest. Like you know, our, our whole goal in twenty twenty two is to go up a little bit in age and and uh, okay. uh, adjacent demographics. So that's you know, as we build more functionality and more value. Um, because we've got this this massive tech thing in the middle, and we're able to do that now. We're, we'll be appealing to 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 more uh, to more generations as we go along. <laughs> you guys are also backed by social media influencers. How has that driven your growth, and how do you pick the right people from social media to promote you? 
Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. So um, we focused for our younger demographic. So let's say 13 to 35 years old. So that's the majority of our growth. And with the average age on currents, like 28 to 32, somewhere in their medium, depending on depending on the, on the month. And so um, this, 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 this these two generations together, millennials and, and Gen, Gen Z, do um, have a different consumption of content. For every parent out there, they'll know what I'm saying. You have a 12-year-old daughter as well with, a, with TikTok. Two, two sons. TikTok. TikTok, TikTok <laughs> Snapchat, all, those, all the things, and also YouTube. And so, you know, where, I, where we were probably glued in front of the TV, they are not. So they have all this uh, real-time demand. And, and, of course, this is an attention deficit um, uh, generation, right? Mm -hmm. So they have so much content, so many things thrown at them. There's so much news of which, you know, we never had that. And so the noise is so so high that they really only pay attention to a few people, hopefully their parents. Um, but in, in, in addition to that, they'll, they'll have like influencers and celebrities and people who, you know, they'll follow their lives, maybe even try and emulate them and all the rest of it. And so going to these people and then talking to them about our product and so that we can be aligned with their, their cultural values as well as ours. And so we talk to them about how, how to create, you know, nice mm -hmm. content, things that, that make sense, um, and so that has been a, um, and mainly on, on, on platforms like YouTube and TikTok. Um, and, and so that has been a really good way of, to one, getting our name out there, awareness of current and what we do and what we stand for. And two, building trust, because it's very hard to build trust when you're a financial services company in the early days. Everyone's like, well, I know this company, there's this bank down the road, I've known them for years, you know, they served my grandfather, whatever. And so we're trying to get over the hump and say, hey, well, you should also give us a shot. And we, and we, you know, every every day, every person that we get, we have to prove ourselves against those, those slightly older, bigger companies. It seems so successful right now. I need you to take us back to your worst moment where you thought, I've tried, I've spent a ton of money, this, I'm not sure it's going to work. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple, a couple of those. But I'll spare you from all of them. Um, yeah, so we've, we've within. I, I can't remember which Christmas it was, but it's a few years ago now. And okay, you got was, me at Christmas. I'm already crying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was early December, and um, we had, I think, three days left uh, to make payroll, and that was our last payroll. Oh. Obviously, the company I was trying to manage expectations because I, you know, but I was confident I could get the money. And, you know, it was very hard. It was because December is the worst time you could ever raise money. Everyone is doing their family thing. They just come out from Thanksgiving and all the rest of it. And so I'm under pressure. It's a company of 25 people, something like that. And so there's me racing around. And I just knew I, I was checking the bank balance like five times a day because obviously, you know, making sure that we had payroll as it was going down. And then I called one investor and I just, I just gave him the real story. And I said, look, this is going to be, a big company. This is going to be a household name in America. He already was an investor and already knew it. Um, and and then they wired, uh, I think it was two hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. The next day, it hit the day for payroll uh, in the in the in the night before payroll. And the payroll came out the next day, and no one knew. I told I told the C CTO later that after Christmas, I said, "You know what just happened?" Right? Um, and so you know, so, that was someone betting on me. That was someone who you know, my whole life, my whole career. You know, I, I've, I've two things. One is I've surrounded myself with great people. They're, they're just, you know, I don't do all the work. It's everyone else. They, they build, they code, they manage, they do all these things. Surrounding yourself with great people, people that you, you want to be in the thick of it with, as well as the good times is really important. And then two, I've had great sponsorship people 
you know, haven't got to know me, have taken risks on me. Right. And so I've, you know, made sure I've delivered, making sure that you respect the money that people yes. give you. Yes. Um, and, and, and make sure that you can deliver it and deliver what their expectations are. And I think those two things combined, I think, uh, are a good recipe for success. Okay. Were you chewing Tylenol at that moment? I mean, you must have been <laughs> like biting your fingernails, but you did it. You did it and you're doing it. What a great story, Thank Stuart. You. Thank you so much for sharing it. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. I appreciate you. The bank is called Current, and yes, he will hold your hand if you're an old fogey like me or you need a little (laughs) bit of extra help, and there's customer service, and good luck to you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. And as we say, once you get that money, you need to grow it. And so tune in Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern to the Claim and Countdown. We are so on it when it comes to all the breaking news that matters. We put such respected people on, big names, small names, really gutsy people who help you make better choices when it comes to investing. So I really hope that you make it, you know, all sort of all encompassing. We got the podcast, we got the ad, Red Fox, Liz, a TikTok, we've got it all and the show. I'm a media mogul. Wait, don't get excited, Liz, you're not. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. It's so great to have you. We'll see you next time. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.